Welcome back to Out of the Bubble. My name's Rachel Peru and I'm a grey-haired curve model and I'm going to be your host for the Outer Bubble podcast. I started a new career four years ago, age 46, and found on social media so many amazing, inspiring women who were really embracing life and leaving a trail of inspiration along the way, helping to break down those stereotypical middle-aged barriers. So I thought the podcast would be a great way to share some of these stories with you. So season three, I'm really excited to be back. I've been chatting with a diverse set of women of all ages, whose stories I know will help women become more confident in body and mind. Today's guest is another lady I met at the Enterprise Collective Network meeting. I listened with great interest about Samantha McNara's acupuncture practice, the acupuncture place in Pocklington. I was intrigued to find out more, not only about the treatments that Samantha holds with her Chinese herbal treatments, but more about her journey to get there. I'm sure lots of women will be able to relate to this one. Hello, welcome Samantha. Hi Sam. Hello, nice to see you. And you, it's lovely to see you on here. How's lockdown looking for you? Um, well, a bit of a roller coaster. I think, um, you know, up and down times. But I, I think probably last week just resigned myself to the fact that we're not in control of anything. So may as well just surrender to it. And um, much better since we've got an into a structured routine. So my daughter's doing online school. So we're up at a certain time and um, meet structured meal times. And then, yeah, um, yeah, we're doing our daily exercise and all those things massively help. Yeah. Are you, are you doing the Joe Wicks PE class in the morning? We did do the Joe Wicks uh, PE class, but um, yeah, just, it was really early in the morning yeah. <laughs> to do. <laughs> so yeah, both of us like both of us are not morning people. So we get up. I tend to do my workout after my breakfast, maybe like about 11-ish. Um, and she did hers this morning at 10. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a bit more of a reasonable hour for us. Yeah. <laughs> So to anybody that doesn't know you, how would you describe yourself? Um, that's an interesting question. Um, I suppose uh, I have different hats. I have my um, hat where I'm a, I'm a single mom and, and, you know, trying to bring my daughter up from a household, do all of those kind of things. And then I think I have my, my work role where um, I'm trying to uh, run a business um, and, uh, you know, just ge- generally trying to make a living and at the same time trying to offer a, a really good service to, to my patients, really. So I think definitely um, a split role is yeah. how I would describe my life. There's lots of different hats. Juggling. Juggling, yeah. Juggling, yeah. I mean, we, first, we first met at the Enterprise Collective, which is a, a really great networking group for creative people and people with small businesses. And I don't know about you, but for me, I'd always really dreaded doing network events because I always had that syndrome of when you were a kid and no one would talk to you and you'd turn up and just stand there. And almost like imposter syndrome is like, why am I doing here? You know, mm. How did you feel about networking? Um, probably very similar um which um surprised surprised me really because in my early 20s um i i was um 
I had a job where I had to stand up and talk in front of groups of people. Um, I was really pushed out of my comfort zone. So I was used to lots of public speaking. And, you know, my, my employer would just like, drop us into a room of, you know, 100 people and we'd have to smooth and talk. And I ne- when, I was, when I was part of a brand, um, I never really had a problem with it. Mm. But when I left that career and I became um, a mom and then I was just starting out as sort of little old me, just me, um, I completely lost my confidence um, for a while. So, yeah, I think for the first few years, I didn't do any of that. I kind of just hid away, burrowed myself away and, and carried on working. So really that was the first proper networking event that I had been to since setting up my business and my business is five years old <laughs> so um but it, it was a really lovely experience so yes I kind of went into it feeling oh um you know I'm, I'm really I'm really not confident and I'm not sure how this is going to go and um, forgetting the art of conversation and or all of that really you're going to be standing on your own but it felt a little bit like going back to high school yeah it does it really does yeah it's good to push yourself out of your comfort zone though yeah I, th- I definitely felt like mm, I'm, I'm ready to do this because being in a business where you are on your own a lot of the time and um, it can feel quite lonely and isolating so um although I did have a, an idea in mind of what I wanted to get out from the event it was also just to meet other other women that you can just yeah. have a chat to and say you know um some things are hard aren't they and um and just even maybe meet a whole network of people that you could socialize with yeah because um, when you when you're on your own in your business you, you, your christmas dues a little bit lonely <laughs> yeah it's not quite the same is it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so you run your own acupuncture clinic and holistic health clinic don't you that's not your background originally so how did you start you, you started off in the beauty industry I did yeah I started off um as a beauty therapist and back then when I was 17 when I did my training we covered like a wide range of different things and I always found that um we did nails and we did makeup and that kind of thing but I always found I gravitated more towards um, the massage and the aromatherapy, reflexology, health and wellness side of things always really interested me. Um, and then when I was at college, we were really lucky to have, we did, used to have different um, companies could come in and do training with us. Mm. And I, this health company came in and they, I just fell in love with this company. Their whole ethos was about health and wellness. It wasn't about the beauty side of the industry. They weren't talking to women about pampering and treating themselves. They were talking about health and wellness. Um, and the, the lady who did the training was so knowledgeable that I, I really thought, right, that, that's where I want to end up. So the first part of my career was actually um, I put a strategy in place of how I was going to get a job at this company. Um, oh. So I knew that they, they required a lot of experience and they wanted a teaching certificate. So... I left um, home at 18 and headed off to work on cruise liners. So I did that for a couple of years and worked in big hotel groups and all sorts of different ways to gain experience. Then I did my teaching certificate and then eventually I did move down to Surrey um, and I got a job as a trainer with this, um, with this company who were, they were an American company. Uh, it was an English lady that owned it. Um, she moved to America. 
and um, she saw that there was a gap in terms of education out there. They weren't trained as well as we were in the UK. So she set up a training school um, initially and um, they were called the International Dermal Institute. And we used to teach, um, we had about 35 different classes. Some of them were based on uh, skin treatments, things like acne and rosacea. Some of them were based on um, stress therapy techniques and learning different massage techniques. And some of them were, were on um, business, really, and how to run a business and mm. customer service. So I, um, I, was, I was working for them, an amazing company to work for, hugely inspirational um, lady who runs the business. And I was happily going along um, with them, building my career. Um, my, and my husband was in the army at the time and he wanted to make a move up north. So I pitched them the idea of we needed a training school in the north. And so they, gave, they said, right, okay, then off you go. You really? set that up. So um, I set up this training school and had a team of staff. And What was the brand, by the way? What was the name of the brand? So the brand, they, they had the training school first and then the brand of the product came later and that's called Dermalogica. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of worked with them in, during their heyday when they were really booming and growing. Hmm. And one of the things that um, I really loved about the company was a lot of the um, companies in the industry at the time were going after the big hotel accounts and the sort of the, the big accounts, corporate accounts, whereas our ethos was all about the one-man band, the single therapist. Quite often, you know, they were single parents. Quite often they were, um, you know, they didn't have the best start in life. So we sort of had um, that, that was our target market, if you like. So that was, it was, it was very rewarding to be, seeing these these small businesses grow and some of them what they achieved was was really quite amazing so it's very rewarding very Mm -hmm. fulfilling lots of travel lots of international travel so when um it came time to have my daughter um that didn't really work very well (laughs) i couldn't jet set off to los angeles anymore so i um took a little bit of a break at that point from work and um and I think, like a lot of women, when you stop, um, you, I suddenly have this massive identity crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in my mid-30s, and um, I'd automatically had all of this respect <laughs> at work, and um, my, I think my ego was attached to my title, and yeah. all of a sudden, I really I thought, I don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't know, I don't know what... I feel like I'm not part of a tribe, and I was part of this tribe. Yeah, amazing women, and um, and like, oh now now what do I do? Where's you know where is the tribe? So <clears throat> the the business that I have now is not the first business that I set up. This is my third business, <laughs> third attempt at business, um, and it was really a journey of me trying to discover myself again and as a as a mum and um, who I was as Sam without this you know title of um Sam the senior instructor um you know running a training school it was it was it was a real shock to the system 
I think so many women will be able to to resonate with that. And I know I do. In my 30s, I, after having three kids, by the time I was 35, I was like, well, is this it for me? What, where am I? What, who am I? What do I, what do I do next? And it took me to my kind of probably mid 40s to, to get to where I am now to think, okay, well, this is what I want to do now. And this is where I feel most comfortable. Exactly. Yeah. And I had a very similar um, story with that. And I remember. Um, like you were saying about talking about um, was I nervous going to the, uh, the the networking event? I remember being really nervous going to the coffee mornings, you know, with the other mums thinking, are, are they going to like me? Um, you know, coming away thinking, well, I've given her my number, but um, she's probably got enough friends and is she going to call? And <laughs> it was a little bit like dating. Nervous anxiety that, that you had. So, um, yeah, it took me a while to sort of build my, my new tribe of, of friends. And I think um, the, the first thing that I did is I set myself up working from home. And I had a, um, a treatment room. The industry, the beauty industry at that time, it was moving into um, cosmeceuticals and the, the Botox injections and yeah. filler injections were just exploding onto the market. And there was, there was a lot of money that was being made in those areas. And so it was really attractive to sort of go into those. So I, I kind of moved and gravitated into that sector of the industry. And I used to go in um, to businesses, sometimes as a consultant. And, so, and then I also had my own equipment that I would do um, treatments with as well. Um, and then a friend of mine... Um, uh, an old work colleague got in contact and we decided to set up our own online training school so we had some training videos and then we would sell products as, as part of it but after a few years of doing that um I just really it wasn't resonating with me mm. I didn't like how the message that I was giving to people and to giving to women yeah. in particular it was all about chasing youth um and it was and it was this pressure to spend a lot of money on expensive products some of them were good and did the job but some of them weren't mm-hmm. and it, it just um it just wasn't resonating with me and after a couple of years of doing that I really just thought to myself um what what do I want what do I really want to do and 10 years previous to this was when I'd had my first experience with acupuncture in my late 20s. I was having digestive issues and I'd gone to have acupuncture and it was amazing. And it was always an interest. It was always in the back of my mind. But at the time, um, I had a mortgage. I couldn't see a way forward. I couldn't see how I was going to be able to qualify. So Fast forward 10 years, we were in a financially in a different position. We were comfortable financially. And all of a sudden, they decided that they were going to uh, do student funding for a Chinese medicine degree. And so this window of opportunity had opened. And I thought, but I'm going to go and, you know, look into this. And it was quite difficult. Some of the, my friends in the industry thought I was mad. They thought yeah. I was an lunatic. So they so how stopped. old were you? How old were you at that point? I was 37, 37 um, when I started doing my degree. Um, so you know, it, the, the, my friends, are, a lot of the, at, that, at that time that were in the industry, were earning really good money. You know, it was very lucrative. Mm. Um, 
And they thought that it was crazy, that I was going to just, like, leave all this money to go and do something that, you know, if you're going to be an acupuncturist, you're not going to be a millionaire. I love the fact that you followed your heart. And throughout this journey, and it has been a journey, you've kind of taken, you've taken risks and gone for it and if things haven't quite worked out then you've learned so much from it and then moved on to the next thing i do think women in their 30s and 40s are scared of taking that step just in case they fail because they're worried about what society thinks about the failure and i just think that's so important to hear a message like yours where you're trying different things to get to a point where you do finally find the thing that you're absolutely passionate about and works for you and i think what it also taught me was um at that particular time, because I was I was married, and quite often our career choices are guided by who is in our life. And I think my husband, he was very money orientated, mm. and I think I was trying to prove myself um, to him in the marriage, but also proving myself to the world to what society thought mm. is um, successful. Yes. Yeah. Um, and you know especially from coming from a I'd worked for a huge brand I earned a lot of money we didn't have to think about money when I was working so it was um, a big sort of I was having this shift and change into it's giving me financial um, money but it's not feeding my soul and ultimately I couldn't ignore that anymore I couldn't make everybody else happy or have this it was a bit like being in a gilded cage and um, that sort of sense of do, doing everything for everybody else and actually what what's going to make me happy so I started on this journey um, but six months into doing training um, my husband just couldn't come along on the journey with me it was just too it was stretching his um, you know belief system uh, a little bit too much and I think he found it really difficult because I started doing my training and the second, my first day, I came home and I was full of it. And over the period of um, that first year, um, everything changed. I lost three stone in weight. I completely changed my diet, lifestyle, my whole ethos and thinking about life and health and wellness. and it was it was really difficult for him to watch me go on this journey of, mm. of changing and becoming happy. I was meeting a new circle of friends. I was yeah. literally glowing. Yeah. Um, and it was really difficult for, for him to accept that, that this was making me happy and something outside of him was making me happy. Yeah. So unfortunately, six months into the training, we separated. So... Mm that um, now put me under a lot of financial strain because I had to move out of my home. I had to move into, in with my mom and my daughter. My daughter was only five. Right. So she was quite little and um, I needed some support while I was doing the training. Yeah. So um, it, was a, it, was a, it wasn't an easy journey. Yeah. And it had gone from me following my heart vocationally with something that, um, you know, we were comfortable financially. I was going to do this a few days a week and be able to really sort of give it my all um, to now I'm a single parent and this has got to be a full time, you know, living. So mm. it was um, it was a real shift and change over those, those three years. But 
it, it was strange to see that my, my colleagues, a lot of people that I was on the course with, I wasn't the only one who yeah. had this, this, ch- this shift and change. Mm. Um, and I think it's because with traditional Chinese medicine, you study in philosophy, you're looking at Confucius, you're looking at um, the, it's a whole um, system of healthcare. It's a different way of looking at things from how your emotions affect you, um, you're looking at the pathology of disease through the body, so you're looking at how certain symptoms end up manifesting in things like cancer and heart disease. And it's really difficult to have all that information and not make those changes in your, yourself. Everybody became hypochondriacs and yeah. they had everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was an interesting um, journey from uh, what I set out for it to be yeah. um, and ultimately I really did have to be very brave because I lost everything I had my whole world changed I didn't have a nice house I didn't have a partner and it was literally starting again so you must have had days during that period where you thought when you really self-doubted yourself you thought you know should I be doing this should I just go and get a full-time job somewhere else am I making the right decision how did you get past that it was really difficult because I didn't have a lot of support. Although my mum was very good, she let me live there. She let me know that she she thought she didn't agree with what I was doing. She didn't mm. believe in it. So it was all alone on the jumbo. And, you know, why would I leave this sort of career where I could earn a lot of money and do something like this? So it was, I had a lot of opposition to, um, to begin with. And um, I guess one of the character traits I've got is I'm quite stubborn. And um, so I think, whereas in the past, it's maybe not served me very well. In this case, it really did serve me well. So sometimes when the going gets tough, if somebody tells me, you know, I can't do something, I stick my heels in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a bit of a workaholic, so I just head down and thought, you know, well, I'm, I am going to prove you wrong. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the reasons why I called the podcast Out of the Bubble, because it's about particularly women in their kind of 30s and 40s where they do step out of their comfort zone and they push themselves in something that they really believe in and it's stepping out of that bubble that everybody in society thinks we should be a certain way but that's not necessarily the case you can take a different journey and change direction completely if it feels right for you yeah exactly and I think that um something that I have had to do and it's something that I still do it all the time is redefine what is success for me Mm. because society does say success is the house the car on the drive the the material status um but you know I had all of that and it wasn't it didn't feel like success for me I wasn't I wasn't happy so I've had to now um you know think to myself success for me is having a patient come in in pain and have them walk out not in pain. Yeah. Um, the, the other area of, of women that I really ha, ha, see so, so much, um, get so much reward from is groups of women um, with hormonal issues. Mm. You know, I have women that come in with hormonal issues. Sometimes they'll come in and they'll say, I've got a bad shoulder or a bad neck. When we start talking, figuring out that they're actually going through the menopause mm. and that a lot of the symptoms that they've been struggling and battling with not talking to anybody about because they think they're going crazy using that yeah. actually 
this is their hormones. Mm. And, you know, I've had so many women that have broken down and cried and said, oh my God, you know, I, I'm so grateful to found somebody who can give me this information. And so that is success for me now, being able to help people. And success is also being able to be at my daughter's hockey match when I have to, yeah. to be the one that can pick her up from school and that uh, I can choose my I can choose my hours and it that that really is success now for me so yeah I haven't got the material trappings of, of the lifestyle that I had before but um I am very happy um yeah. you know in my own skin and I'm happy that I am giving a real it was worth it like yeah. it was real worth it even even though I might only touch there's only there's only me in my treatment room and I might only touch a few hundred people and um, you know across my my um, my year mm. but I, for those individual people that I I do um, make a change to mm. it has such a knock-on effect sometimes they'll come back to me and they'll say my husband wants to say thank you so much because I'm like a different person mm. <laughs> when I came so, to you for a facial acupuncture facial and it was amazing and I can't wait to come back to you again because I really did feel so much better for it and it wasn't at all how I expected it how how does acupuncture work for anybody that doesn't know much about it well, <laughs> acupuncture um, is a very old system. It's 2,500 years old, but actually it's a very science-based um, system. It's a, a system that's based on the nervous system. So it predominantly affects the nervous system. Um, and so where, once we pl- start placing needles, what it will do is it will switch your nervous system from a, a hyper-stimulated state to a, a relaxed state. And once you're in that relaxed state, lot the body can make certain changes. So it has a very regulating effect on um, the glands in the body. So um, hormones, it will help to regulate. It regulates the uh, rate at which you breathe, uh, regulates your gastric juices, it regulates the reproductive system. So it has a system-wide effect really on rebalancing everything. I, I tend to describe acupuncture um, to our patients a little bit like um, a car and we take our car in um, acupuncture is like the service. It's changing the oil, it's you know putting in new spark plugs, it's making sure that everything is firing on all cylinders and everything is working at its optimal level. And the, the, the only caveat to that is that the fuel tank um, still needs to be filled. So um, when, when I do acupuncture, it's about much more than just the needles going in. It's about how are you filling that fuel tank? What food are you putting yeah. in? What fluids? How are you moving it? Yeah. Um, how your thoughts affect how your organs uh, move? help to move the food and fluids through through the body so the whole the system as a whole you know yeah. you look at that's what i was really impressed with because you did that before we started this, the uh, acupuncture you you looked at my tongue you looked at my eyes you looked at and you apparently i was dehydrated and i do drink loads of water but i was obviously eating and drinking the wrong type of things for the right hydration and it did make me change and, and i drink more coconut water and i'm trying to be a lot healthier 
And I think yeah. this move to more of a holistic approach, do you think that's, have you seen a big shift in the last few years away from the cosmetic side to more of a natural procedures? I think there is definitely a split in society. There are still um, the, uh, I think media drives that idea of, um, you know, youth and as, as women we've got to, you know, be airbrushed and not have lines, yeah. lines and wrinkles and, um, you know, colouring our hair, all of that, you know, it's still very, the media driven is still that, that, that image. But I, I think that um, quietly there are a lot of women, like we were saying, that maybe hit their 30s and start to question, you know, life and question how, how they, they feel about certain things. Maybe people come to me because they've hit a wall with their health and you know, they're starting to, to reassess. So sometimes people come to me and they've actually been down the route, route of, of, of trying to um, do all the things that they're supposed to do, and that hasn't, that hasn't worked. And they, they, um, they come and they've done a lot of research so that they, they're aware that there are a lot, there's a lot more to, that we can do with holistic um, healthcare. So yeah, there is definitely this this split um, between people that are still going for the filler and the Botox and trying to erase time, yeah. and then there are the other people that are thinking actually it's not all about how I look; it's how I feel. Yeah. Um, but the, the great thing I think about Chinese medicine is it it it, it really um, encompasses both thought processes because. The way the Chinese think is that, um, you know, health is beauty. If you feel good, you're going to look good. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's, it's about, um, you know, if you're, if you're sleeping well, a lot of patients come in and, you know, they might have one, they might say to me they're not stressed, but I'll ask them about the sleep pattern and it's shocking. Mm. And I'll say, no, you are stressed because if you're not getting good sleep, um, if you're not feeding your body and nourishing it well, um, if you know we, we, we don't manage those stress levels, then that will have an effect on how we feel, and then it's reflected and how we how we look. So, by often rebalancing people's sleep patterns, so they can look five years younger immediately. Yeah. People will say, oh, "You look great. You know, you've been on holiday, or you know, what you've been doing." Um, so yeah, I think um, of course everyone wants to look their best. We all want to look the best that we can, but the best that we can for the age that we're at. Exactly. Yeah, and I, and I certainly don't judge anybody for going down a you know any different route, like cosmetic wise, if if that's what makes them feel good. But I think it's really interesting that I definitely have started to think much more about the natural route. And just accepting that, you know, I'm going to be 50 next month and I might have more wrinkles. And But, you know, I like the idea of being able to have the holistic treatments to try and help me feel as good as I can. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. What about the NHS attitudes? Can you get more, do the NHS refer, you know, do you get referrals from the NHS? For well, there is, um, you can get um, acupuncture on the NHS. It's a bit of a postcode lottery. So some areas offer more than others. Um, just before we went into lockdown, 
on the 15th of March, the British Acupuncture Council released a documentary which they presented to the Houses of Parliament. And um, the MPs there were invited to go along um, to look at the scope of practice of acupuncture. So the documentary looked at how acupuncture is being used in cancer care and, and with pain. Oh, right. It looked at um, how it's being used for fertility. Um, it looked at how it's being used for anxiety and depression. So it covered a wide range of, of different um, ways that it can be utilised. Mm. And um, the, in the documentary, there's various different consultants that are recommending um, that the government look at it being integrated on the NHS, especially in the wake of the opioid crisis, really following on from the states that we're realising that you know, there is serious consequences to um, taking the opioids and we have to have a different way of dealing, especially mm. pain. Um, and acupuncture has been proven now that there's so much research out there that it, it's a viable option for, and certainly for pain relief. Yeah, no, it's really, really interesting. Most mm. fascinating. So we'll see what happens when we get out of lockdown. Um, yeah, it's just a shame that there was a lot that went into the tap, you know, the, the, the yeah. filming of this. A lot of it was based at York um, Hospital. Right. Because we're really lucky in York is a centre of excellence for acupuncture. We have a re- the research team is based at York mm. um, and they've worked for the last 20 years to produce really good quality, you know, randomised control trials, the ones that are accepted. And um, so it was just a shame, really, that all this hard work. And then, yeah. Hopefully, it'll get hopefully it'll get picked up soon as we're we're back out of lockdown. How ambitious is your business? How would you like to see yourself grow in the next five years? Well. I suppose coming back to that, going back to that balance that we were talking about of success, I think there are some little demons still in in there with my ego that, you know, I was thinking just before we went into lockdown, right, I think I'm ready to grow. I think I want to take on premises, maybe take on staff. And Mm -hmm. um, during lockdown, it has given me a really good time to just stop and reflect and think, um, is that really what I want? Because... Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it takes an awful lot of energy to do that. And um, I can tend to be a workaholic and burn myself out. And then I'm no good to anybody, really. So yeah. I've had to, I'm having to sort of really um, think long and hard about that. I haven't really come, come out with um, uh, a resolution to that of exactly what I want to do. But um, I think um, at the moment, being a single mom, my daughter's, you know, in a high school experience and I'm still, there's a lot of energy that I'm needed, you know, at home. So I think I'll probably just come out of lockdown. I think for a lot of businesses that are service-based, we're all a little bit worried about yeah. what's going to happen. So yeah. we really, I'm going to just reopen and take we're probably going to be forced to take a slow, gradual return. And and then I I guess that I will just um, see see, um, how this has changed people. It would be interesting to see um, people having time at home to to reflect on this, and especially because with a crisis like this with the virus, um, you know, people can feel, can feel powerless, but 
I think where myself and there's a lot of other holistic healthcare practitioners out there that can be really useful um, to empower people to say, actually, there's a lot that you can do. And let's come out of this and think about how we we strengthen the immune system, you know, and how we can even focus on the lungs, for instance, for a virus like this. So, yeah, um, I'm kind of (laughs) 50-50. Well, I just hope that uh, you can get back to it as soon as possible. And it's just been so Mm -hmm. lovely to talk to you again. And I definitely will be. I'm really interested in coming to you again for not just the facial, but the fact about the hormone balance, which is something that I hadn't really thought about before. But I think anything when you go through the menopause to look at a more holistic approach would be really interesting. Absolutely. I think um, I tend to have quite a thorough discussion with my patients about what is right for them. So although I am a holistic therapist, I'm very much about Western medicine where it needs to be. So we'll have a discussion with patients about um, HRT and whether it's the right choice for them. And even if people go down the route of HRT, um, that it isn't just job done, you know, the rest of it needs to be sort of put put into place. So I really try and tailor that conversation to individuals. Some patients either are contraindicated and can't have HRT and mm. some are just completely against it. So it's about working with that individual patient and figuring out what symptoms have you got and what are really, what's the ones that are really bothering you mm. and, and focusing on trying to, you know, to, um, to manage that. And really um, understanding that it's another it's another big change it's mm. another transition for us as women yeah and uh, a lot of it can seem really negative but when that because I've gone through it myself I've had an early menopause so mm. going through it myself I've really um there's, there wasn't a lot of positive <laughs> when I was going through it I was thinking this is awful um but I think you know uh, what I decided to do to reframe it for myself and say to people you know let's think of this as a time where you can do a bit of a life audit yeah and you can ask yourself what's worked for me so far so for me I'm coming up for 45 I can say so I've lived 45 years of life doing it this way what's serving me what's working for me still and what do I want the next 45 let's hopefully hopefully I'm blessed with that to be like and if you sort of reframe it for yourself then that's a better way of looking at it rather than thinking you know um it's a you know it's awful and depressing and (laughs) and that's the end of everything as you know it's um so yeah there's nothing else to look forward to yeah yeah definitely so yeah that's definitely an area that I'm thinking about um doing uh, either a workshop or maybe a podcast even on that whole that's a whole subject in itself yeah no I'm really interested in that well I've got my last three questions that I ask everybody Sam so the first one is what song or piece of music inspires you or motivates you um depends what I'm doing so yesterday I was doing um weight training Mm. Um, which I've really loved to do. Another thing that I've learned I've got to do in the menopause yeah. is lift weights. <laughs> I love how it makes me feel, but I really, I've got to listen to Beyonce when I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Full blast. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely if I'm doing sort of um, a workout, but 
Um, otherwise, I, I, I really like classical music. We listen to a lot of classical music. Um, and it's calming, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it can be, and also a teenager in the house, it can be, um, you know, I can end up listening to her music and find myself singing along. So, yeah, I'm quite eclectic with my music choice. <laughs> Lovely. What about a book that's inspired you? A book? Yeah. Um, books, uh, well, I suppose one, one thing that I have been um, doing this, um, this year um, is um, the journaling um, is something that you will hear you should be doing journaling. Well, I hate journaling. I hate it. I don't, I don't know what to write. Um, I, I've just ne- I've never been able to do it, but I actually bought a friend of mine and I bought myself this um, book um, uh, called yeah. Moonology um, in, in January, and I've only picked it up in lockdown. How terrible yeah. is that? Um, I bought it because look at the cover, isn't it? Yeah, just yeah. Goes in my lounge, looks lovely. Um, but actually, it's a re- it's really great because um, it, it tells you all about the moon cycles. Um, it talks to you about um, how to journal. So sometimes it will just give you a page where you know you can write exactly what you want, and then it will give you guided questions as well to do. So I'm really loving this at the moment because it's a combination between a book that's got got loads of helpful hints and tips loads of different um, websites that you can go and visit um uh, and at the same time it's sort of an action-based book as well you can yeah. write stuff down and feel sort of really um, productive I-, I told you i'm a workaholic so I-, I really find it really hard to just sit down and just read book fiction so it has to it has to be productive <laughs> I, I, I get you there. I'm, I'd be like, I find it really hard to switch off. I'm always thinking about different ideas, and things I want to do. So that sounds a really good way of trying to get into journaling. I shall have a look at that. And what about who inspires you? Um, well, definitely um, the, the the first company that I worked for, the lady who's the owner of the International Journal Institute. She is hugely inspirational. Um, my name's Jane Werwins. For any of you listeners that want to go and have a look at her journey, because she's an amazing woman. Mm. And um, you know, she built a business from from scratch, but she's also a real woman's woman. She's always championed women, and she still does now, even though she has sold the business. Mm. She runs a, cha- a foundation now called Found in Los Angeles, which helps women, particularly um, women that have maybe come from difficult backgrounds, a lot of domestic violence. Mm. She'll help them set up a business. So mm. she's got a real entrepreneurial spirit and um, to help help women. So she hugely still inspires me. I still follow her. An amazing woman. Um, and I think that I think this journey that I've gone through in from my late thirties to where I am now has also taught me to um, not always look outside of myself for inspiration as well. Um, I think what I've learned to do is develop my own self mastery and my own ways of motivating and inspiring myself, which mm. is really important to do when you're working on your own. So yeah. I think other other women in business I can definitely, you know, be inspired by and the group that we go to that's yeah. amazing can be hugely inspired by. But I always try and balance it. We're trying to to think that um I, I have got the ability to 
create my own inspiration, my own motivation, um, which is important. I think that you don't lose your identity. I love that. I love, I love that answer. That's just so, because nobody said that before and you're so right. Yeah. You can't just, it's brilliant to have people to, to inspire you because it does help with your creativity and the way you feel about each day. But to be able to know that it's there in yourself is, you're right, so important. Yeah. Well, it didn't come easy that, that was a long road of me, you know, going down paths to following certain leaders and certain gurus and certain belief systems and then becoming quite disillusioned that behind them all is just a human being. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so actually it, that was a long path to get there. <laughs> yeah. Well, keep on going on this path because you're doing a brilliant job and I'm looking forward to coming to visit you again and hopefully see you at the next uh, networking event with uh, yeah. everybody. Yeah. So. Take care of you well and lovely to talk to you today. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much. You're looking great. Thank you. Your skin's glowing. (laughs) One last thing. If anybody needs to find out about you, where can they find out about your website? What's your website? So I have um, my website, which is www.the-acupuncture-place.co.uk. I've got um, a Facebook account i've got an instagram i've got quite a um I've put a lot of stuff on my instagram you do uh, good videos on on your instagram i've watched quite a lot of them they're really interesting yes yeah i mean it is that's pushing yourself out of your comfort zone mm. i think you know i quite often i put things up and then about a month later i'll think oh my god i hate my voice on that i'm gonna delete that why did i say that so <laughs> Yeah, just randomly things that will appear and then sometimes disappear and you know I'm having a down day. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much and take care of yourself in lockdown and hopefully see the other side of it soon. Yes, you too. Pleasure talking to you. And see you soon. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to this week's Out of the Bubble. And I hope it's left you feeling inspired. I'd love to hear from you. Who inspires you and why? Please get in touch. You can contact me via my website, rachelperumodel.com or leave a message on the Anchor app. And if you're listening via iTunes, don't forget you can leave feedback. In the meantime, keep being fabulous.